Welcome to another edition of the Business and Personal Podcast, where we bring you closer to the people do you do business with. And today we're joined by Dr. Fariba Dehim. She is the founder of Better Me Bariatrics and Aesthetics. She has nearly 30 years of experience in the field. So all kinds of great knowledge that she can share with us today. So Dr. Dehim, first of all, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, as we mentioned, as we were getting ready for this podcast, uh, I feel like this pandemic has caused people to go kind of in two directions. Some people that have gained weight uh, through the process and, and need solutions there. And, and some people have actually gotten fit and committed themselves to that. But no matter if there's a pandemic or not, weight challenges are constant, uh, constant battle that people deal with. So um, first of all, just kind of give people a little bit of, of background about yourself and your practice. Sure. So um, I'm a board certified surgeon, uh, you know, by training, I'm a surgeon. And um, I believe uh, it was in 2008 that I kind of branched out to bariatric surgery. I did a minimally invasive and bariatric fellowship then. And um, in 2009, I just uh, focused on bariatric surgery because during the fellowship, I was amazed at uh, what bariatric surgery was doing for the patients. So I kind of focused on bariatric surgery. And then as I was doing bariatric surgery, I noted that there is a population of patients that we are missing as bariatric surgeons. Like there are patients who come to us and since uh, we don't have other tools, sometimes people just kind of push them into bariatric surgery, but they are not the best candidates or bariatric surgery is not the best solution for them. So as uh, I was practicing at the same time, I did a mini fellowship and I did all the continuous medical education that's required. And by 2010, uh, I got my board in obesity medicine, which, which is the non-surgical weight loss. And I believe I was the first surgeon, the first bariatric surgeon in the country who got the board of obesity medicine. Now there are more, but I think I, I was the first one. And then um, as a bariatric surgeon and medical bariatrician, I noted the role of nutrition and how we can actually, you know, put people on medications or do surgery. But if we really don't have the good knowledge and in-depth knowledge of nutrition, you're missing on something for our patients. So I also did, um, uh, got certified in nutrition. So I'm board certified in nutrition, obesity medicine uh, and surgery. And I'm also fellowship trained in bariatric surgery. So I feel that it's a unique uh, situation that when patients come to me, I'm not limited by what I can offer them. Uh, you know, like if you go to someone who knows just bariatric surgery would tell you, okay, this is, you can do bypass or a sleeve. Or if you go to someone who just does, does non-surgical weight loss, it tells you, oh, surgery is too dangerous. Don't do that. Let's do, it's because they feel and they believe in what they're saying, but that's their only tool. Now, fortunately, since I have all these tools, I'm not limited by that. I am unbiased. I give the patient what's best for their situation. And that's the ultimate question, Dr. Dayhem, when people come to see you is they may think they need bariatric surgery. That's their only solution, but maybe they don't. Some people maybe don't think they need it, but they do. Absolutely. So how do you ultimately answer that question of which direction they should go? So it, it actually takes a very in-depth um, interview and I do a lot of stuff. So one of the reasons I actually started this Better Me Bariatrics and Aesthetics and went my own way, you know, doing uh, my own private practice was that 
I do have the, this notion of you got to get to know your patient, number one, as a person. Number two, you got to uh, get to know the, uh, their medical background, surgical background, and then come up with a solution. So my consults take anywhere between an hour to two hours. Because I believe how you work, you know, you're, uh, are you a night shifter, right? Um, how's your home situation? What other people around you are eating? What's your medical background? How many abdominal surgeries you had in the past? All of that, you know, how you sleep, they all play a role on solution I'm going to offer you. And then when I have all those information, I give the patient uh, more than what most people can do, like um, for, again, most bariatric program, this is your BMI based on your BMI and the comorbidities you have, this is your solution. So then I put all of this in, on a plate and I tell the patient, these are your solutions or this is your only solution because the other ones are not good for you. And then between me and the patient and what uh, all the information we have on the plate, we decide which way to go. Sometimes we actually start with one plan and then we, you know, prepare for the other plan or evolve into other plan. Yeah, and I can understand how it's a complex answer that has a lot of different factors into it for everybody, but at the core is BMI. And for those listening that maybe don't know what BMI is, how is that calculated? Yeah, that's a very good question. So BMI or body mass index is a formula that we can come up with a number that doesn't only consider the weight, but also weight and height. And that's very important to understand. So, you know, you and I may be the same weight, but if I am only 5'4", and you are like 6'4", uh, we don't even look alike, right? So uh, the obesity definition in general can kind of be determined by BMI. And that's the most major factor. So uh, it plays a very significant role in the sense that if your BMI is 40 and above, bariatric surgery may be a solution for you. If your BMI is 35 to 40, but you have comorbidities, things that are caused by obesity, like diabetes, high cholesterol, uh, hypertension, sleep apnea, then, um, you know, still uh, weight loss surgery can be a solution for you, even though your BMI is not 40 yet. So one of the important factors that I put on that plate of information is that just based on your BMI, is bariatric surgery even an option or not? But there are, as you said, many complex factors that play a role in our ultimate decision. And you do have a calculator on your site too. So if people are curious, they can plug some data in there and, and their yes. BMI will calculate for them right there, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So I think the stigma is a big thing that people have to get over to. And that's, there's a lot of social stigmas that we're going through right now that people are trying to break down mental health, the stigma of going to see a mental health expert, getting rid of that negative stigma. I think there's just the thought of bariatric surgery in somebody's mind. It uh, brings this negative connotation to it. So how much of a challenge is it for you to get people past that stigma of mentally it's okay? And physically, it's one of the safer procedures you go through. How much do you battle those challenges? Interestingly, I got to tell you, I, um, I, I find people when they come and we talk about it, they can see that in the bariatric 
surgery or bariatric medicine doesn't matter which way they're going uh, they're looking at it and they come to see me there is no judgment they see that and they feel safe that's very important because how i treat uh, you know the diagnosis of obesity or morbid obesity and i tell, tell my patients to treat themselves like that is it is that it's no different than diagnosis of diabetes or pre-diabetes these are just stages of a disease and I actually have a video, it's on my website too, under other videos that says, is it my fault? I constantly try to educate people that it's not about fault. It's like asking someone, you had a heart attack, was it your fault? Yes, it is our responsibility to take our, our, ourselves, but it is complex things. They can't be fault, right? So, um, as I said, people feel that there is no judgment. They feel that we are dealing with a diagnosis and we treat it like any other disease. So they feel safe. Uh, but I can tell you, patients themselves, they have, a, uh, they have a battle within their communities, sometimes inside their families, just telling that, as you said, they're seeing, uh, say, psychologist or a psychiatrist, or, you know, as people call it, they're seeing a shrink or they're seeing a bariatric person, you know, uh, that's a battle that they overcome typically by the time they get there. And I really admire them for it. It's not easy. So let's talk about this, the surgery itself for those that do end up going through it. Um, how long of a process is it? How is the recovery? What sort of risks are there uh, with it? Okay, so three questions. How long the process is? The process uh, mainly depends on two things. Patient's medical condition, but uh, equally under insurance. So insurances have uh, time criteria as how long the patient has to be in the program. And that's completely out of our hand. So uh, for instance, some insurances want the patient to be in a medically supervised program for minimum six months. There are a couple of insurances in Michigan that want it to be a whole year. There are a couple of insurances also in Michigan that give the patient the option to only work uh, before the surgery for preparation for three months if they see the surgeon every month instead of seeing uh, you know, their primary care provider or dietitian for that. So that, that length of time is out of our hands. We go by their insurance requirements. Another factor is how, uh, is about optimization. So like any other surgery, we want the patient to be safe for surgery. So I can't just, you know, if someone comes with a blood pressure of 180 over something, we have to make it safe first. If they have a BMI that's really high, I first work with them. And that's the good thing about having the tool of non-surgical weight loss, help them get their BMI to the safe BMI, their weight to the safe weight that they can actually fit on the OR table safely and things like that when we talk about it with the patient. Uh, and, you know, they have to do the psycho uh, psychology evaluation. If patients have cardiac issues or pulmonary issues, we get optimization and clearance from those doctors. So the length of time is dictated by these two factors, but typically it's never less than three months because getting all those requirements and also insurance requirements takes about that time. The second thing uh, I believe you asked how long, no, uh, that was the third question. So I answered the third question first. Uh, how long is the recovery? Recovery in fact for majority of patients is amazing. So uh, we get the patient out of bed right after their surgery, you know, like uh, as soon as they're awake, like a few hours after surgery, they're walking the hallways and that's a requirement. Typically, I don't keep patients more than one night in the hospital, although if they need to stay two nights, we keep them. 
And uh, most of my patients go home uh, without any narcotics. Actually, I have a video of a patient who said, I can't believe that I went home on Tylenol. I even didn't take Tylenol. So uh, I haven't prescribed narcotics, I believe, for a few years now. And then, you know, um, I see the patients in the mall, you know, sooner than I think I see them outside. So the recovery is amazing because they feel better. You know, they already start losing weight. They come off their insulin um, immediately, typically. Most patients go home after uh, diabetic and hypertension medications. Uh, and I forgot your second question. It had three parts in it. So um, what's, wh- I guess, like, what is the recovery like? What sort of, are there side effects that are risks involved oh, in it? Is, I, yes. Yeah. So in this world, this is my motto. There is nothing that's without risk. When you leave your home to get to work, you accept the risk of car accident, especially if you live around Detroit, right? So I tell you this. The risks of having major complications from bariatric surgery is much less of getting hit by a car around Detroit. That, I think that answers it. And if you compare it to other surgeries, uh, it's one of the safest. Actually, studies came out that showed the risk of bariatric surgery uh, in good hands is less than um, having you know, other major surgeries, just even less than a hysterectomy, which is such a common surgery. It's even less than appendectomy and taking your gallbladder out. So there is nothing that's without risk. And we always have a really in-depth discussion about the risk because I, I'm a firm believer that you come out of the house and you take the risks because you know the risk and benefits. So when it comes to your surgery, you should have the same insight. You should know the risks and benefits, but put everything together is safer than driving around Detroit and is safer than having any other major surgery based on the current studies. Yeah, I mean, and it's also safer than continuing to live uh, in that state Absolutely. too, right? That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's a great, I mean, you come, actually patients come here to have the surgery because they can no longer live with the complications of, you know, the heavy weight that's affecting every single organ in their body. Uh, You know, imagine from the lungs uh, to their heart, to their liver, uh, to their joints, everything. And that's a good point about auto accidents too. I mean, sometimes driving around here, I think I'd rather go under the knife than behind the wheel (laughs) with the way traffic (laughs) is sometimes. But uh, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And then you also offer tummy tucks afterwards as well too, right? As part of a whole package. Yes, I do that. And I, I, I do tummy tucks regularly as well. I've been doing tummy tucks since, what, 94, 95. Okay. And, but since 2009 and 10, I have been doing tummy tucks, the more challenging tummy tucks, which is after weight loss surgery. I call them more challenging because as you lose weight, the skin hangs way low, you know, and then it becomes more challenging. You have to go more farther back. Um, and um, I believe in doing that because long You know, there is, uh, there is uh, humidity under the folds, uh, so it helps their well-being. And also, the self-image is important. Like, someone has done everything right. And even, even if the tummy is not hanging to the degree that insurance recognizes it as a medical issue, if it gets in their way, I have patients who tell me it flops when I jog. 
it uh, kind of uh, discourages me of doing exercise, right? Or, you know, every time I go in front of the mirror, I still see myself as obese because this is still hanging, even though I have lost 200 pounds, right? <laughs> so um, I, I believe that it generally contributes to the sense of well-being. And then um, you also have folks that don't need the surgery. You analyze it and say, you know what? I think you can take care of yourself without having to go through this procedure. What have you seen be effective for those people to end up losing weight on their own without having to go through the procedure? Oh, that's the non-surgical part of my practice. Actually, I would say close to 50% of patients may end up not having surgery. Some of them may be even patients that be came for surgery and I discouraged them. And some of them may be patients that we both agreed surgery could be an option on the plate. And, you know, um, they managed to, you know, continue with the non-surgical weight loss and be very successful with it. Um, so similarly, as you mentioned before, um, a percentage of patients who come for surgery we may discuss and decide non-surgical weight loss is better and some patients come for non-surgical and we feel that you really, really need to think about surgery. You have been down this road uh, before. But um, when patients come for non-surgical weight loss, we have several uh, meal plans that they can actually see the name of them on the website as well. So we have Better Me um, keto diet, we have better me intermittent fasting, we have better me low calorie diets that are not keto. And we also have better me way of life, which is actually a balanced meal plan, we can lose weight with it, we can also manage it. Now, the reason that I call them better me so and so is that they are not your typical keto, they're not your typical intermittent fasting. Although I have four or five meal plans, I individualize every single meal plan based on patient's lifestyle and needs. Not everybody needs to do intermittent fasting. Not everybody needs to do keto diet. So depending on how much change is required and how it fits in patient's social environment, in their work schedule, right? In their uh, family environment and everything, we create an individual, individualized diet that fits typically in the five categories. And uh, as far as non-surgical weight loss goes, success definition is different nationally and internationally. 5% weight loss is considered success for non-surgical weight loss. I tell my patients, I have big eyes because I'm a bariatric surgeon. So we typically start at 10%. And uh, I don't, uh, it's not that we, that we stop there. So they, when we get to that first goal, they pick another goal realistically based on you know their body composition analysis. I do a body composition analysis baseline for everyone. And then we do it at intervals, making sure they're not losing muscle. Uh, they're actually gaining muscle, hopefully, and losing fat. They're losing their swelling, their edema, things like that. So by monitoring that, we may keep going. I have had actually a patient of mine was uh, my partner's relative when I worked in Maine, a close relative, and um, he lost more than 100 pounds. And he has maintained it. I know that because he kept in touch. I mean, we, you know, uh, we knew each other. So he kept in touch and he is still maintaining. So it's possible. Well, I just think the big key with any successful diet is probably motivation. What is that one thing that's going to motivate you? So maybe being so close to having to have a surgery and 
the motivation is to distance yourself as far away from that number as possible. And in some cases, maybe that's all the motivation people need. Sometimes. Um, I think motivation is very important and sticking to it is ex extremely like adherence. We call it adherence. And motivation plays a great role in adherence. And, you know, setting your priorities and stuff. But a lot of my patients are really, really motivated. It's, uh, and it's not like they don't want to do it or they're not motivated enough. Sometimes when you have more than 100 pounds to lose, uh, your body resists it. Like, you know, you can lose about 20 pounds and then you go into a plateau. Uh, so, again, surgical and non-surgical is not for everyone. Uh, it's a matter of, it, it's exactly individualized, number one. And number two, uh, another big factor in having success is uh, being realistic about what success means for what treatment. Mm -hmm. And another factor is if the treatment fits you. There are, I don't know, over 500 different diets, known diets. Why there are so many? Because each diet works for a certain group of people. And in the most occasions, people don't take the time to see what fits whom. And that's important too. So we've, we've covered a great outline of your bariatrics part of your practice. Uh, also briefly talk about the aesthetic side and some things that you do there. Sure. So aesthetic is a newer thing that I introduce, and uh, I look at it, uh, honestly, I call it aesthetic because everybody calls it aesthetic, but the part that I use is the part that I believe is part of anti-aging and making a better skin. So I offer um, three platforms of laser and intense light therapy, but they are geared uh, in majority towards creating a better collagen. So like one of the platforms that I offer goes deep in the skin uh, and it stimulates the collagen and uh, you get actually a better firmer collagen after three, four treatments. So the skin is really kind of timed back, you know, five years, 10 years, depending on how, how much uh, firm, uh, firmness we get from the new collagen from it. It's not like injecting into your, uh, your, something in your skin. So you look younger. It's actually making your skin younger. Another uh, platform that I have is a uh, special IPL platform uh, that's called Dibeal. And what it does, it uh, gets rid of the blemishes. Uh, typically from aging and sun damage. Again, is kind of taking the clock back. We don't put anything that shows you younger. It actually makes your skin younger. And there is another platform that does both of them together at the same time, a little bit more invasive. The good thing about the first platform, the collagen tightening platform, is that we can do it for any skin color. And that's rare for laser therapy. For most laser and intense light therapies, uh, you can't do it for darker color. And I'm from Middle Eastern origin and a lot of IPL stuff can't, or laser stuff can't be done on my skin because I can burn with it easily because of too much pigment. But uh, that uh, laser uh, platform that I'm talking about, Clear Lift, can go all the way down to the deep collagen, is not absorbed by the pigment. I can do it even on African American skin, although they rarely need it because of good collagen that they come with. But um, anybody, Middle Eastern people, you know, South American people, it doesn't, you don't have to be really fair skin to benefit from it. And we have a very diverse population in Metro Detroit, so that's very important. Right, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Dr. Dehem, obviously so many great procedures you do. Hopefully somebody uh, listening to this reaches out to you to see, you know, what the best fit is for them. 
what is the easiest way for people to reach out to you and get all the, you have a wealth of information on your website, how, how to find that as well. Oh, uh, yes, uh, good point. So um, my website is easy. It's my name, basically, drdayhim.com, D-R-D-A-Y-H-I-M.com. Uh, they can reach out and ask for an appointment through the contact page on the website, or they can send an email uh, to my staff at frontdesk at drdayhim.com, or they can just simply call us at 248-763-3554. Very good. Well, again, thanks for your time and your service and best of luck to you going forward. Thank you. Same here.